I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Vine Street Property Podcast. We talk with entrepreneurs about property, business, and everything in between. Providing you with a deep dive into their years of knowledge and experience to help kickstart your property journey. Join us at vinesd.co.uk for regular market updates and our latest investment opportunities. Welcome to another episode of the Vine Street Property Podcast with me, Jack Eskin-Taylor. And today I am here with the lovely Natasha Friend. How are you, Natasha? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, great, thank you. Thanks very much for coming on. Well, thank you for inviting me. Great, great. I think I um, think Josh uh, Tharby put me in touch with yourself. Um, and I, I was messaging Josh on Facebook um, after we've had him on the podcast, just talking about raising finance and sort of... Um, talking about BRR deals that we were looking at and he recommended to speak to yourself and, and I mentioned the webinar that you were doing. So it's it's really good to connect with you and it's really good to see what you're doing um, on Facebook and on social media with regards to, to property investing. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely loving my property journey so far. So great. excited to be here and share it with you guys. Great, great. Thanks very much. Um, normally at the start of the podcast, we just try and sort of go back as far as possible um, into your career before property, um, how you got involved in property and how you made sort of that transition. Be okay? Okay. Yeah, of course. Um, so my background is in finance and banking. Um, I worked for a high street bank for 11 years prior, prior to getting into property. Um, I am a fully qualified mortgage advisor. So I've done that role for about three years. Um, but just really wanted my own business. Like I just wanted the freedom and the the time that having your own business gives you. Yeah. Um, but I thought you'd have to come up with some sort of brand new, innovative, creative idea. Um, and I'm none of those. <laughs> that was until I discovered, so I discovered one of Rob Moore's books. Um, it's the 44 yeah. Secrets of Property Investing. Yeah. Um, and as a mortgage advisor, it's quite different being a mortgage broker. You're not really open up to the world of property investing. So I thought the only way that you could build a portfolio was to have a really good job or a really successful business, uh, save yeah. lots of money, build up a pot for a deposit, buy a property and then go again. So when I discovered the buy, refurbish, refinance model and how you can, can create a business through property investing and working with um, investors, it really did blow my mind and I was absolutely fascinated by it. So I started to um, educate myself and mm. do all the free courses, webinars, read books. 
I literally became obsessed with how you could create a business through property. Um, started to sort of try and invest in property myself whilst working, um, yeah. but only managed to buy one property in the first 12 months. Um, and then my daughter went to school. Um, so the transition from nursery to school was such a big jump and having to manage childcare. So six weeks holidays, um, whilst you've got 25 annual days from your corporate yeah. job, quite difficult. Um, so that really gave me the push and I decided to take a 12 month career break from my job okay. and focus on property full time. Um, and that's when I started to educate myself properly and did a lot of paid courses and got myself a mentor. Um, and then in the last 12 months, I man managed to replace my income um, and build a portfolio of just over a million pounds. Nice. In the buy, refurbish, refinance model. Nice. Um, yeah, so that's sort of me and my background. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's great. Um, so with reference to the, the property courses and the, the education and who did you go with and, and how did you, did you spend a lot of time? Did you go on a couple of free courses? How did you work out who to go with and, and what sort of paid education to do? Um, so, yeah, I, for the year before I took my career break, I spent sort of 12 months doing all the free courses I could possibly do. Yeah. Reading the books, the webinars, etc. Um, but I just, there was something missing and I wasn't quite sure what it was. Mm -hmm. Um I'm based in Peterborough and Progressive are based in Peterborough. So I went with yeah. Progressive Property. Um, I had a friend that worked there. So she gave me a bit more information about the company itself. And I'd done a bit of research, but I just sort of clicked with, with them quite quickly and their values. And I know everyone's got their own opinion about property trained companies, but yeah. yeah, no, it really, it just felt right. So I went along to one of their discovery days and from the back of that, I joined, um, the first one I did was the three-day masterclass. Yeah. Which is all about the buy, refurbish, refinance model and single lets. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd done that. And then off the back of there, went and joined their VIP program where you get a, a mentor and have a lot more support and accountability. Because mm -hmm. I knew I'd given myself 12 months to sort of replace my job and not have to go back after my career break. I knew I needed to really commit and hold myself accountable and have as much support around me as I possibly could. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So the, the, the BRR model, um, obviously you mentioned that that masterclass touched on sort of single letter and BRR model is, did, did you know that you were going to stick to that? Um, and why did you choose that sort of strategy amongst obviously all the other shiny penny sort of strategies that everybody gets consumed in service accommodation, HMOs, what, what made you stick with BRR? Um, I think it comes back to like the reason why I wanted my own business was for more freedom, like the choice of how you spent your time and yeah. more of a yeah easier lifestyle probably. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, single lets are probably one of the most passive property strategies out there. I know you can outsource a lot nowadays. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was the, the fact that it's a simple strategy, easy to learn, um you can it's a good foundation i think so it's it's good to have the experience in the background and doing something quite simple and straightforward once you've mastered the process it's just a case of rinsing and repeating yeah um, but yeah don't get me wrong when i first started out i was getting very distracted by the shiny pennies yeah 
looking at every other strategy. I remember looking at like HMOs, plots of land, just yeah. literally anything and everything because you see people, especially on social media, posting um, like the massive profit margins or their cash flow that they're getting from, from yeah. these deals. And buy to let isn't the most sort of sexiest or lucrative strategy out there. It's quite low compared to yeah. a lot of the others in terms of cash flow. Um, but yeah, I just knew my reason why was for the more freedom and time and to have an asset-based portfolio that I can sort of leave to my daughter. Yeah. Later down the line. Did you ever look into rent to rent or when you're on any of them, any of the education stuff, did you, do you ever research it or look at the figures? What did you find? Um, what did you think yeah, about rent to rent? Um, I've got three rent to rent service accommodation um, now, but for the first sort of year, I didn't really want to diverse my um, sort of focus and attention from single lets. Yeah. So yeah, we, we've got three rent to rent service accommodation properties. Cash flow is great, but it is very time consuming compared to the single lets. Once your tenants have been, mm-hmm. generally don't hear a great deal from them. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just to have another sort of diverse income stream mm-hmm. are they in peterborough yes yeah okay how long have you had them for um so we've got a four bed three bathroom property that um so i've just seen my puppy has gone into yeah. the bathroom. sorry jenna <laughs> <laughs> um so we've got a four bed three bathroom house which we've had nearly a year since September last year and then we took our next one on which is a three bed two bathroom in January this year and then our third in June this year mm-hmm. okay nice nice do you think you're going to continue to grow that rent to rent portfolio probably not no it's mm-hmm. not really where we're focusing our time and energy at the minute our main focus is the buy to lets and building that portfolio yeah Okay. And with regards to the BRR model, um, have you used all your own cash? Have you had any partners, JV partners? Have you raised any finance? What, what's been the process? Yeah. So to get started, I sold my car. So after learning all about assets and liabilities, really? <laughs> yeah, investing assets and lease liabilities, I sold, sold my uh, Range Rover Evoque. No way. And yeah and got myself at a pot and I also refinanced my property so I had about 40,000 in total just to get me started yeah Um, and then from that going forward obviously I've leased a car and one of my houses pays for the monthly premium of the lease nice and yeah I just educated myself a lot more around um, assets and liabilities and where you should be spending your money to build the the best sort of wealth yeah um it's gonna say yeah so after that i have worked with investors i've raised just under half a million pounds now with investors um on a straightforward loan agreement basis so Mm -hmm. i haven't joint ventured with anyone it's all been um through investment into our property on a fixed return for x amount of months okay Nice. And how did you go about um, finding those investors? I think I know personally, I've seen you quite a few times on Facebook in the, in the progressive group um, posting quite probably quite consistently. Um, I definitely, I've definitely seen you quite a few times. Is, is that where you've raised um, some finance or met, or met some investors through those groups? 
Yeah, so I've raised finance through um, my first investor was a member of my family. Mm -hmm. And I really couldn't believe that they actually invested like the most risk averse person. (laughs) But yeah, he was my first investor. And then I've raised finance through Progressive Property Community, through their VIP community, um, through social media. So I had an investor come to me, actually, which is now starting to happen, which is great because that's the ultimate um, goal is to attract investors to you so I've had yeah. just onboarded a new investor who told me I was on his social media stalking list <laughs> knew he was selling a company knew he'd be in a position to invest with some people so he's got a pot for his own investments to invest with other people and a pot for joint ventures nice. um, and yeah he asked to arrange a, a zoom call and said he's been watching me watching all the progress I've done viewing sort of our previous deals that i've sh- shared on social media yeah and yeah he's now gone on to fully fund our next hour of social media it shows especially during lockdown and these times where we can't get out and physically network with meet investors so it just shows the power of social media and documenting your journey not yeah. actually asking for money outright on social media but yeah um also raised finance with business networking um, I'm a member of BNI chapter mm-hmm. in Peterborough, and yeah, they're they're sort of the main main ways: progressive, social media, and business networking. Okay, do you think um, that being present in on social media and also going to BNI and putting yourself out there in a lot of places has has sort of give you a lot of credibility for those investors? Yeah, definitely. I think. Um, like everyone says, they need to sort of know, like, and trust you. Yeah. It would be very rare for an investor that to never have heard you or to have not been recommended to you to then just commit and invest with you because obviously it's a significant significant risk and amount of money that they're investing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just putting yourself out there as much as possible is, like, one of my biggest top tips and tell everyone what you do. Yeah. Um, and change your mindset around money because it's really important that you mm-hmm. um, sort of have the mindset that you are there to solve your investors' problems. Yeah. Their problem is their money is obviously sat in the bank earning absolute peanuts at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you can help solve their problems using your time, your knowledge and your skills. Yeah. Um, whilst obviously it's helping you to build your property business. Yeah. Okay, have you got any tips for uh, for people just starting out? I know when me and my business partner started, it was hard to keep to well to stay confident, consistently keep up with with posting, um, and also a bit of sort of imposter syndrome, sort of feeling like is it you know am I am I in a position to be able to say these things and put this stuff on my social media? Did did you have any of those challenges, and and what what did it feel like? What did you do to overcome them? Yeah, no, definitely. I remember that feeling um, very well. But I think you just got to sort of keep yourself motivated and keep pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Because I remember going to my first networking event. It was like November 2018, whilst I was doing my own education. So I wasn't involved with Progressive yet. Um, yeah. And I sat in the car for like half an hour convincing myself to get oh. out and go to this networking event. Like I was absolutely terrified. <laughs> and now I love it. But it's just yeah. a case of keep pushing yourself out of your comfort zone because that's when you're going to grow. 
yeah. um, and networking is such an important part of your property business because it is a people business really whether you're networking with investors or agents or yeah. going to meet vendors it's um a really really important part so yeah just keep going and everyone started uh, as a beginner at, at some point didn't they so yeah I th- and i do find compared to other sort of industries property is quite a supportive industry it yeah it is isn't it yeah yeah you can reach out to people and 95 percent of the time they would be happy to help and support you any way they can because i think everyone does remember what it's like starting out as a beginner and having those dreams and goals and your vision that you want to get started it is yeah i've i found it's definitely a more supportive than competitive environment and industry to be in yeah it is isn't it when 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 i first sort of went to i think the first sort of networking event that i went to was a progressive uh, the multiple streams with like the free weekend in liverpool um and i was really shocked at how everyone was on social media and how helpful everyone was i was sort of like isn't everybody competitors here on like of all these people looking to buy property in Liverpool, are they sort of not competing against each other? I was sort of a bit baffled by it. Um, but as you get get more involved in it, you sort of understand that everyone is sort of still helping each other out. Um, everyone's got the same goals, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And that's something that took me by surprise. I wasn't sure if it was just sort of the progressive community and what they had created when I first started my training. Yeah. But... No, definitely not. And even with the sort of the business networking side, I think it's very different from being an employee and working in sort of corporate world compared to, yeah, having your own business and being in property. Okay. Um, Just wanted to sort of pick your brain potentially on on one of your deals. Um, Doesn't necessarily have to be your best one um, or your worst one, Um, (laughs) but but maybe a a deal that may, that may, give some people a, a good insight into the BRR model um, maybe one that you had some struggles with with regards to finance or maybe m- moving on to a mortgage after or the refurb um, something that may be a bit interesting. Um, so we've had one recently that we've had a few challenges with but that's given cor- coronavirus and the, the current climate. Yeah. Um, so it was a two-bed masonette. Do you want all the figures? Yeah if, you, if you've got yeah. them off the top of your head yeah. Um, it was a two-bed maisonette that we purchased for £60,000. The lease was um, only 44 years left, and I think that's what put a lot of people off. Um, it took quite a while for the vendor to accept our offer, actually, probably about four or five months in total. Yeah. Um, then she finally accepted our offer, which was 60000 and we previously went up to 67 but because it really, yeah. such a long time wow. we <laughs> yeah finally agree seven grand left as well um but that was really cool but the lease only had 44 years remaining and you can ask the vendor to submit if i remember rightly a section 42 mm-hmm. which is a request for a lease extension and then they can pass that on to I might have to edit this bit out. <laughs> um, oh, cute. Yeah, so they can submit a section 42 and pass that on to the new buyer. But for some reason, the vendor wasn't prepared to do that. It's literally like... Really, yeah. I would cover all the costs. And then wow. you've got a significant amount of money um, more on the purchase price if they'd done that. But they wouldn't do it. It was their mum's 
property and she'd passed away. So I understand they were sort of quite emotional about it. Yeah. So I'm a freeholder directly um, okay. and agreed to, for the, him to agree for us to extend the lease as soon as we'd purchased the property. So we'd done a sort of pre-agreement um, with our solicitor and yeah, that all went, went through fine. It cost just over 22,000 for the lease extension. So it was wow. quite expensive. Um, and it did need a full refurbishment. So we completed the refurb and then um, had the property valued literally two days before lockdown. So we were like so happy. We'd managed to get the property physically valued yeah. um, two days before the official lockdown. They valued the property at 120,000. We were hoping oh. for 130. Okay. Um, but given the climate, I was quite happy and just sort of accepted the fact that it was going to be 10 grand lower than what we were aiming for. Yeah. Um, they issued the mortgage offer. Everything looked like it was going through fine. And then when official lockdown came into play and sort of the lenders started to get really scared, um, they retracted the mortgage offer wow. and said they would only lend 60% loan to value. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So that was a bit of a stinger. And it was a lender that didn't allow um, a further advance to be done. So I thought, oh, maybe we could just release the 60% for now. Yeah. And then do a further advance sort of six months to 12 months that later down the line to release the, the remaining equity. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was a lender that, that wouldn't allow that. So then I asked to switch from a two-year, a five-year fix to a two-year fix and they wanted us to pay a valuation fee even though the valuation had already been done what? because this new two-year product um, had a valuation fee and the five-year one that we were going with initially didn't so they didn't, wanted us wow. to do that and pay a product switch um, fee so then I was like I spoke to my broker and we decided to go to a different lender so yeah. a lender that was um, happy to do the automated valuations during lockdown mm -hmm. so we got that done that came back even lower, so they valued it at 105,000. Oh. Um, but I thought, okay, if we can, um, if we can get 75% of that, that's still better than the 60% of 120. Yeah, and then they uh came back and said they'd only do 70% loan to value because of our portfolio and our current uh gearing, yeah, on the loan to value. Um, so yeah, that was a bit of a shit situation to be yeah. honest but it's it's not the worst case it, we've got an investor who's lent us a hundred thousand pounds for five years okay um, so our sort of after having a discussion with him he's quite comfortable and we're quite comfortable just taking what we can out of the deal for now yeah um because it was a cash purchase and then within the next five years we'll look to refinance and pull the rest of the money back out um, it just means obviously it, it's tied in a dip in the property at the minute. So we've got a property that is worth at least 120,000, which it was valued at yeah. um, 73 grand mortgage on it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. That's interesting that you say the investor would be, um, is interested in lending money for five years. When me and my business partner, Joe, first started out, um, I can remember being in the office and we were trying to work out how we could structure deals, what type of deals we would go for. And we always had in the back of our mind that people will only lend for six or 12 months. We were always struggling to see that people or investors would be interested in locking money in for longer or, or would be interested in longer terms. Yeah. Um, most of our investors, well, yeah, 
pretty much all of them have gone on to reinvest. Yeah. And I think once they've sort of tried and tested you out and yeah. loaned you a little bit of money and everything's gone well and they've liked the way you've worked together and your communication throughout the projects, etc. A lot mm -hmm. of them are quite keen to go again unless they've got yeah. a reason for wanting that money to spend it on something. Mm -hmm. um, just obviously going to be sat in the bank and then they're going to have to retest and try on someone else. Yeah. Um, and I think it, once they've gone through all the legal costs and the contracts and everything, it is a lot of them do generally want to invest longer term. Um, yeah. But we do we do our loan contracts generally, like you said, six to twelve months. Yeah. Um, first and then then go from there. Okay. Okay. Good. That's that's really interesting to hear how you're um, how you're structuring it. Um, on the when you had to um, on that project, did you sort of have to renegotiate the terms? Were they already built into the contract? Was that that something you'd planned for, or was it just did you have to draw up a new a new sort of loan agreement or a contract? Um, no, because he'd already committed to invest the hundred thousand for five years, um, but it was just sort of having a discussion with him and explaining we've tried another lender and this is the sort of situation we're in. The equity is obviously the capital still in the property as equity. Yeah. Um, and getting a feel for how comfortable they were with that and the fact that we can't reuse it at present for another property. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, we didn't really need to change the contract. It was just an open and honest conversation. Yeah. Really. And I think as long as you are open and honest and you share your challenges, a lot of investors will understand that there are going to be things that go wrong whether it's a refurb that goes over budget or takes longer than anticipated or you get down valuation or there's mm -hmm. so many things that can go wrong obviously we yeah. try and mitigate them as much as possible and have more than one exit strategy that was the other alternative we could have sold the flat and still made a profit okay um, but yeah our, our goal is to buy and hold as much yeah. as we can so Okay, and um, what what's the plans for the future? Have you got have you got a a figure in mind or an amount of properties that you're targeting for, and specific areas that you're going to work in? What what's the plan? Um, so our goal is a hundred properties before I'm forty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to officially retire and just travel the world. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, and no, I just to really continue to to build the portfolio. Um, and help as many people as we can get started and scale in their property business as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, just finding ways to, to build it quicker. So working with portfolio landlords or buying yeah. blocks of flats above commercial properties. Um, mm -hmm. Still following the buy refurbish refinance single let model, but yeah, yeah. just scale it. Scale it up. Okay. And the, um, the BRR uh, webinar that you did, are you going to do more? sort of education stuff like that do you like giving back and helping people what, what's the reason behind it yeah no I absolutely love giving back and helping people and the um, webinar I just done was amazing we had 220 people wow for it. Uh, I know <laughs> I <couldn't believe> <laughs> that's um, a lot of people I got, yeah I got some really really good feedback so my aim is probably to do one a month I mean they are quite time consuming putting it yeah content and doing sort of a practice run I'm not the most technical person so we had a few little technical slips but now I got some really really good feedback and as we said at the beginning when we were talking before the podcast um, I've spent 
in excess of £15,000 on my property education and my training. Yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, I am a million percent happy that I've done that. Mm -hmm. That £15,000 has probably created over 300 grand in equity in properties, or I've not even yeah. worked it out. But it's been a really good return on investment. Um, and I've got a lot more out of that than I did in my degree. But I want to be able to help people and share my knowledge and experience and my education and everything I've learned through my training and mentorship for an absolutely fraction of the price. I mean, I'd yeah. give as much free content away as I possibly can. Um, yeah. But for an actual sort of course or mastermind, it's going to be, yeah, a lot cheaper than what I've had to pay out. Yeah, Yeah, just to help as many people as we can get started or scale. Yeah. Okay, that's great. It's it's really nice to hear that you you're giving back and helping people. Um, I assume that as a lot of people get bigger and and, and their portfolio gets bigger and, and their workload increases, they probably stuff like that sort of gets put on the back burner, doesn't it? Um, for a yeah. lot of people, I would guess. Yeah, no, I do think so. But with single lets, it is quite a passive sort of strategy. And if you've got a good letting agent on your side, which is really really important. Um, then yeah, you, you can find the time to give back and help and share your knowledge and experience with people, which yeah. is something yeah, I'm really passionate about doing. Okay, okay, that's great. Um, if people wanted to get in contact with you after they've listened to the podcast, where, where can people reach out to you? Um, anywhere and everywhere, really. I'm on <laughs> Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, I can email me. Facebook's probably the best. Yeah. Facebook, yeah, I've got a, a virtual assistant who helps me manage nice. my social media now um, because, yeah, I do get a lot of people in contact wanting help and support. And that's another reason why I did the webinar so I can sort of refer yeah. people to a res resource that's there um, mm -hmm. to sort of save time as well. Nice. Okay. All right. That's great. That's been really, really good. That was a, a great podcast. Um, and it would be, be really good to see how your property journey continues and, and keep in touch. Yeah, no, definitely. Thank you. It's really good fun. Great. Sorry Thank about my <laughs> yeah, it's okay. No worries. All right. Thanks very much. We talk with entrepreneurs about property, business, and everything in between, providing you with a deep dive into their years of knowledge and experience to help kickstart your property journey. Join us at vinesd.co.uk for regular market updates and our latest investment opportunities. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.